This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness, serious doctors for serious injuries, and powered by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Stern, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. It's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. Saturday Night Live in the Delaware Valley. Good evening and welcome in to Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. It's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor and Ryan Boyers. We come to you live on a Saturday night. Big, big show uh, lined up for you tonight. Thanks very much for tuning in to all of our listeners uh, who are joining us every Saturday night from 7 to 8 p.m. right here on Talk Radio 1210. Uh, Josh Shapiro uh, will kick off the big show in the A Block. He will be with uh, with us. Councilwoman Sherelle Parker will join us at the bottom of the hour. And then towards the end of the big show, uh, we're going to talk about a holiday that is not a holiday that I want it to be a holiday. And we'll deal with that uh, throughout the next hour as we roll on. But we have, as you know, or, or as we always do on the big show here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor, J. Doc, we always <laughs> we always begin the show with setting the table. Life is about setting the table. And Ryan, I must say, and I must tee you up, sir, uh, you have delivered in a big, big way in the studio tonight. Yeah, my, my big guys at Crafty Soul, Mr. Crafty, they took care of us tonight. We got got a taste of soul food, crafty soul at 46 in Lancaster. Joe has the fried chicken. Yummy. He has the lamb chops. He has the mac and cheese. He has the mac and cheese and the collard greens. And we, you know, we have salmon over there. For anyone that don't want to partake in any of that, we have some good stuff. Uh, So we're good. And now we got Mr. Looney coming in, and he's going to eat as well. Oh, yeah. All right, let me do this. Let me do this. Before we get the J-Doc evaluation or get the J-Doc read, uh, drum roll, uh, Glenn. Crafty soul, J-Doc. Man, I'm in heaven right now. Is there any possible way we could push the opening of the show off at least 10 minutes <laughs> so I could finish this? We had we had a delivered special. Ryan, Mrs. Boyer's in the studio. Unbelievable. want to thank you guys so much. Just unbelievable. I, listen, I, I may drop in and drop out of this broadcast. Uh, you know, we got... It, it, I, Unbelievable. Fantastic job down there, guys. Uh, great stuff. Ryan delivering in a big, big way. Uh, after the maiden voyage, after the opening week last week, Ryan, welcome in to Saturday Night Live, bro. Thank you. I, I get it really quickly, especially when it comes to food. I'm, a, I'm an aficionado. Connoisseur. As evidenced by my uh, expanding waistline that I'm trying to shrink. I'm right with Which you. Which is now. why I don't have a plate. Yeah, we're presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness, serious doctors for serious injuries. We're powered by Pond Lahaki Stern and Giordano, the workers' compensation law firm. J Doc? Listen, before I start, I want to wish a happy. I'm <laughs> <Are sorry>. you- <laughs> I just left a, a graduation party and did not eat because I know I was going to be eating here. I want to congratulate Samantha Myers for her graduation from Archbishop Cairo High School. Uh, you know, just want to wish you well in the future, and uh, we'll see you after the show. Fantastic. All right, good stuff, Jay Doc. Thanks very much for leaving uh, Samantha's graduation uh, party and making your way uh, into, uh, into the big show and into the big, uh, and here uh, down at 4th <laughs> and Market. So we appreciate that. Ryan, let's get in and let's get some uh, while we wait for Josh Shapiro to join us here in the yeah, opening block. He just block. texted and he, he didn't get the number, so I retexted. All right, so, so 
soon he'll be calling and we'll be bringing him uh, up in a moment. And, and throughout the show, I want to give you an opportunity uh, to uh, weigh in on a lot of various things that are happening uh, within the labor community. There was big, big news out of the shipyard, uh, as you know, where they're going to build they're going to build two more big canister containers down there, and work's going to continue down there uh, through 2021 into 2022. Well, it all goes to leadership. Uh, the leadership of the governor, the leadership of uh, uh, the, the elected officials that dredge the uh, river, the ocean, the river, so that we can have things going on like that. And the, and the governor made uh, an investment in that port uh, to the tune of $100 million that's going to uh, just make it a great place to work and a great destination for all people. So it takes leadership, and we can't do this on the austerity budget. We need revenue so that we can make the proper investment in infrastructure so that we can put people to work. Lost in all of this this week, lost in... Uh, the conversation about infrastructure, uh, because of everything going on on Capitol Hill with Comey and everything else, was to talk about infrastructure. And, you know, John Doherty on uh, one of our early shows here, Ryan, uh, talked about uh, the willingness uh, to uh, work with the current administration and try and figure out how to get infrastructure to a point where it not only becomes meaningful, but it comes to fruition. And some of that, which uh, was talked about this week, was a marriage of private sector money with government money. Yeah, uh, you know, public-private partnerships. I happen to be on the public-private partnership board of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, and it's a great way and an innovative way to bring more money, to leverage some government money with private money so that we can put more infrastructure together. We need infrastructure in this country. Infrastructure used to be a bipartisan affair. Now it's not. We stand ready to work with uh, Donald Trump, the president, on infrastructure because we need infrastructure. You can't be a world-class country with third-world infrastructure. And our roads and bridges are rated a D. Our airports are probably rated a C-. And we cannot continue like that because that was a study that was done almost two years ago. So if we do a new study, I'm... I'm I'm afraid to see what we had. We had a bridge collapse in Minneapolis. We had structural problems with I-95 right here in Philadelphia. If it wasn't for a diligent worker who was on his lunch break that happened to look through a sunroof and saw the structural crack, who knows what would have happened. We would have probably had some fatalities. So we cannot play politics with infrastructure. Uh, I know that I hate to see people stuck on 76 every day. What? A 20-minute commute takes the average driver two hours coming from uh, western suburbs. That is unreasonable. All right, let's do this. Let's make a transition, and and this may be somewhat of an odd transition, but I want to get our guest in, Ryan. Thank you very much for your comments on that. We'll continue with that uh, when we move into the second part uh, of the big show. Uh, Let's get in uh, Attorney General Josh Shapiro, who joins us here now on Saturday Night Live uh, with Philly Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Josh, a good Saturday evening, sir. Thanks very much. How are you? How are you, Mr. Shapiro? Thank you for joining us on a Saturday night. I know this is a night that you uh, usually have your wife and your children while working hard. This is one that you carve out. So we really appreciate you for being on Labor's Live. How are you, Josh? Uh, it's my pleasure to be with you. My pleasure to talk to hardworking men and women here in the Philadelphia area. So thanks for having me on. So, Josh, uh, speaking of hardworking men and women, we're losing a lot of productivity due to this opioid crisis, namely uh, heroin, fentanyl, 
and also the prescription drugs that we're vehemently fighting in step therapy through our prescription. And you have a plan to attack that in the state of Pennsylvania. Could you tell the listeners what, what your plan is? I do have a plan, and I appreciate the chance to talk about it. And in fact, uh, Ryan, as you know, earlier this week, I met with 60 or so labor leaders from the Philadelphia area, and this is one of the topics we talked about. Um, I will tell you that the the number one public safety threat we have in Pennsylvania today, um, and in fact, it's the number one accidental killer, is heroin and opioids. It's also a top public health crisis, and I think it's a top employment crisis. And Here's why. We've lost more people to heroin and opioids than anything else. Nearly 5,000 Pennsylvanians, 13 a day, are dying as a result of this. Now, look, as your attorney general, I go out each and every day, and we lock up the drug dealers. And we've put a, a, we've put a lot of effort into that. I've been in office, as you know, about 150 days or so. Ryan, we have literally locked up three drug dealers a day every single day I've been in office, including Saturdays and Sundays. And I'll be the first one to tell you that if we continue to do that for the next four or, God willing, eight years, we still won't solve the crisis because we've got to get to the root cause of it. We've got to understand the difference between a drug dealer who needs to be locked up and a drug addict who needs treatment. We've got to understand that here in Pennsylvania, we have way too many prescription drugs being pushed out by doctors uh, and being pushed out by pharmaceutical companies. And 70% of these heroin addicts start with a legal painkiller, like an Oxycontin or a Percocet or something like that. And so that's why we've, we've increased the number of arrests we've made of doctors who are diverting these, uh, these painkillers out in the community for illegal use. It's why I'm going after the pharmaceutical companies who continue to dump this in our communities. And it's why we're trying to work with insurance companies to make sure that there's greater access to treatment. So I think if we do all of those things, then we can really make a dent. But make no mistake, this is a massive challenge and one that's going to require all of us to be involved. Attorney General, it's Jay Doc. I, uh, you know, we've heard about the obviously the opioid epidemic for years, but why now more than ever? It seems like every other day, you know, you hear somebody's losing their life, and and there's almost not a person that doesn't know somebody that it, that that has had that situation. Um, why recently has it been such a problem? Well, I think you've seen a proliferation and increase of these opioid painkillers that are out in the community, and that's creating heroin addicts. As I said before, 75% of heroin addicts start with a legal painkiller, and we've seen a massive spike um, in the amount of opioid painkillers that are consumed. And in fact, you know, we in America represent 5% of the world's population, and as of last year, we're consuming 80%. Uh, of the world's opioid painkillers. So I think that's a huge part of it. Um, I think that there's, you know, it has become incredibly cheap. If you go out on the streets of Philadelphia or the streets of Pittsburgh or Erie or somewhere else, to buy a bag of heroin today only costs five bucks. It's cheaper than a six pack of beer. And so because of how cheap it is, because of how plenty, you know, plentiful, how, how available it is, uh, more and more people are turning to that. And what we're now seeing and what's driving up the number of deaths is that the heroin is laced with things like fentanyl, or even in western Pennsylvania, we're beginning to see carfentanil, which is even more dangerous. And so people use this stuff, and it's no longer just heroin. It's, it's laced with these other dangerous chemicals, and people are dying. Um, so I think it's a whole bunch of things. And, and furthermore, I think it's also the fact that we don't have enough access to treatment. And I think you see this with your workers each day. Who, you know, they get hurt. They get prescribed these opioid painkillers. 
And it's too hard for them to get off. It's too hard for them to get access to the treatment they need. And I think we need to correct that. Attorney, I think it's a whole bunch of things. Attorney General Josh Shapiro joining us. And I know we only have, Josh, I know we only have a few minutes left. I want to take you back to uh, January of 2017 when you uh, were sworn into office. And as you stood on the podium uh, back in January, one of the points, one of your talking points was was this very subject. And, and I'm curious to see your thoughts on how you feel you've made? Have you made progress? Have you started the process? Where is it? I know it's such a big, it's such a big subject to attack. Where are you five months or six months after the fact? We've dramatically increased the number of arrests of doctors, of drug dealers, of others, um, as compared to the first quarter of 2016. Um, so I think we can empirically show that we're making progress on that front. We've engaged the insurance companies to get them to change their practices. Um, we're doing a lot of a uh, lot of efforts, which I can't talk about at this point, as it relates to pharmaceutical companies. And I think we'll have more to say about that soon. So I think by every objective measure, we've dramatically beefed up the role of the attorney general in this fight against heroin and opioids. But make no mistake, you know we can't declare victory, and we've got a ways to go. I think, unfortunately. This crisis is going to get worse before it gets better. But one of the things that I, I have seen that I think is going to lead to our success in dealing with it is that, uh, you know, my approach has been we've got to collaborate. So my office now works with every district attorney's office, the DEA, the FBI, U.S. attorney's offices, state police and others. We are making sure that law enforcement is coordinated in this fight uh, and that we all have a similar approach. Lock up the big drug dealers try and make sure those who are suffering from addiction get into treatment. That's the approach we've taken. Uh, Attorney General Shapiro, you know the coordination is what we talked about at that meeting. And we treat it from a health perspective, a public health perspective. I would like to see the Department of Public Health in there because we need, some of these people need treatment and therapy and the holistic uh, integration of family therapy. I can't look at my wife without saying that, who's an MFT, a marriage and family therapist. So, uh, you know, I have to obviously go home but but no but it's real because these people ostracize everyone in their lives with their addiction they have stolen from family they've lied to family family no longer trust them so part of their uh therapy is to re reunite the family that that makes them successful in their uh fighting this addiction you're absolutely right and i think your your wife is spot on and this has this is a family crisis when someone in the family is suffering from addiction, everybody is affected. We're also now beginning to see, and this is incredibly troubling, generational heroin addicts. You know, a father and son, mother, daughter, grandmother, you know, granddaughter, whatever the case may be. And it's something that, you know, is only going to make this worse, which is why treatment is necessary. And, you know, Ryan, before I came on the air, I heard you talking about the state budget and the fact that we need real investment in the state budget. And I know you were talking about it in the context of infrastructure, which, by the way, I agree with you wholeheartedly. But I think we also need it when it comes to um, making sure that there is uh, treatment for addicts out there. And I know Governor Wolf has worked really hard to increase the number of beds and facilities available for treatment, but we need to put more money into that. Um, it's one of the reasons why I you know, wrote a letter to, to Senator Toomey and Casey and the entire delegation saying, look, don't repeal Obamacare in Washington and replace it with something that actually cuts all the funding for drug and alcohol treatment because you're making it harder for me to combat the 
heroin and opioid epidemic. We need those treatment dollars from Washington and Harrisburg, and it's something we should all be willing to invest in. Well, we, we appreciate you calling in, and you can go back to enjoying your family, Josh, and we <laughs> thank you. I wanted to ask you about Comley, but we won't get to that now. We have to go to a break so we can pay some of these bills around here. Thank you, Attorney General Josh Shapiro. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for the work you do every day for the hardworking men and women in Pennsylvania. We appreciate it. I appreciate you. Thanks. All right. Good stuff. That's Attorney Pennsylvania Attorney General Josh Shapiro here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. More after the break. We'll continue the conversation. And coming up a little bit later on, as we roll in uh, to the second part of the hour, we'll talk about a holiday that's not a holiday that should be a holiday as we prepare for Flag Day. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I won't participate on behalf of ourselves here at Local 98 or the Philadelphia Building Trades in conversations that are purely dominated on social issues that don't affect our jobs. You know, a clear and present threat that we face today is the thousands of lives we are losing each and every year to heroin and opioids. And I commend the governor and the legislature for their outstanding work on this at the end of the last session. It is ravaging our communities from Allentown to Erie in rural, suburban and urban Pennsylvania. No one is immune from this. That's Pennsylvania Attorney General Josh Shapiro uh, joining us here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor and Ryan Boyer here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Welcome back in uh, to the big show. Ryan, you have over delivered in a big, big way. Jay Doc. Um, Tonight's meal? J-Doc has a carcass over there. Okay. <laughs> a chicken carcass and a, and a, and a lamb carcass. <laughs> Yummy. Unbelievable. Dan, don't forget, coming up at the top of the hour, uh, Dan Loney. Unbelievable. Uh, and the Dan Loney Show from 8 to 11 here on Talk Radio. Dan, thumbs up on the meal tonight. All right, well done from Dan uh, Loney. Right, over-delivered. Well done, sir. I told you, once you, you know, my guys at Crafty Soul, they're going to take care of you. Great soul food. If you're in the West Philadelphia area, please stop by. Great customer service. Mr. Crafty, thank Thank you again for your your good hospitality. All right, that's good stuff. As we roll on, don't forget Sherelle Parker uh, coming up at seven thirty four. Uh, we'll have her uh, after the bottom of the hour break. Ryan, let me get some. Let me get you to weigh in a little bit, uh, uh, and J Doc, you as well, on some of the uh, remarks that um, Josh delivered to us uh, here, joining us here on Talk Radio twelve ten uh, about that conversation and. Uh, how does it end? I don't know if it'll ever end, and I don't even know if there's ever, Ryan, an opportunity to make a dent, a serious, meaningful, measurable dent. It is a crisis. Uh, we, we've had a problem on several jobs where, you know, some people are, you know, selling uh, opioids, and we, we, we work to get to the bottom of that. Uh, but, you know, it's starting to affect some productivity, but we have, you know, in the building trades, we have very good, very good procedures for those types of things so we can weed that out really quickly. But as uh, the Attorney General said, no community is immune from it. Exactly. Be you rich, be you poor, be you in the middle, there is no... And so I agree. I don't know what we do. First of all, we have to treat the addict so we can stop the demand. And then we have to get firm on the person providing the drug deals. I know that Mayor Kenny had it. Mayor Kenny and J-Doc, I was talking talking to you about this earlier today. Mayor Kenny had a gathering this week um, 
to deal with panhandling in, 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 no, in we the just city talked of about Philadelphia. That. And, 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 I, and I get it, but I don't get it. That's but not it's, where it's going to stop. That's not where it's going no, to No, but it's painful. But, it's a painful thing. Um, you know, I'm in Center City a lot, and we were talking during the break. Isn't, uh, you know, it, it hurts so much to see so many people in such a bad condition. And um, every day I wince as I'm going down the street. And, and, and you listen, I, you don't have so many $1 bills. You want, wish you could give everybody. But the point of the matter is this. It's a great problem. It's so painful. And the opioid epidemic obviously affects it. It's just um, it's a huge, massive problem. And, and the opioid uh, uh, problem gives other social problems rise, like homelessness. We were talking about 12th Street. Under the Convention Center. Under the Convention Center Bridge. So we at the Convention Center Board, we're we're working on humane ways to deal with them. Because you don't want to deal with them inhumanely and just evict them because they have nowhere to go. And we know that it is a covered shelter. It is not a home. It is not a shelter. So we... try to encourage and incent them to go to the local shelters, but they're busting at the seams. It, it is a huge social burden that we must tackle, as the Attorney General said, with collaborations. And Jim Kenney, the mayor, did a great thing because he brought a lot of different departments together so that they don't duplicate their efforts, so the efforts are going in one stream so they can actually be effective. Are you, Ryan, are you, and J-Doc, I'll ask you the same sure. question. Are you offended by panhandling in the city? I'm. I personally am not. I'm from the big city. I'm used to panhandling, but we're luring tourists here, so we have to be very, very careful with the panhandling because it's the broken windows theory. When does the panhandler become an aggressive panhandler, turn into a robber? So we don't want to incent panhandling because it hurts tourism, which brings a lot of tax dollars to the city of Philadelphia. I mean, no, no question about it. And, and and to me, you know, you, you, uh, I mean, I've walked in center city. I'm there every day and uh, you gotta, you gotta stop this at the point of um, attack. In other words, where it begins, you know, the opioid, you know, that the doctor that's prescribing over uh, and, and now they don't have the, the patient doesn't have insurance. He goes to the streets where, and now all of a sudden, you know, homelessness, homelessness is right there. So, um, you know, it's a major problem. It's awesome to hear that that Ryan and and, and the mayor, um, and obviously Josh Shapiro are. You know, it's a priority. Um, obviously, something has to be done about it. And the opioid epidemic. Uh, you know, and and that and that is those are the people that live through the opioid epidemic. The ones that are losing their lives every day. I mean, Pennsylvania is number three in the country behind California and Florida in opioid deaths. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Because I don't. I don't look at someone who's on the corner looking for money or a handout. I don't look at that as when I give them, I don't look at contributing to an opioid issue. I look at giving, uh, reaching out to somebody who, who who's in need. Am I wrong to look at it like that? There's two, there's two schools of thought on that. One school is that you're incenting them to be there because, you know, look at the foot traffic. 5,000 people walk through, 20% give them a dollar, that's a living. So they're going to be on that corner every day. If you don't give them money, they probably won't be on that corner. However, the humanitarian in you says, I want this person to eat. So what I try to do is buy food, find out what they want, go to the hot dog cart, get them a hot dog, things of that nature, so they won't 
So they'll have some sustenance, but they won't have any money to incent them to stand on that corner every day. Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor and Ryan Boyer here on Talk Radio 1210, along with J. Doc. I'm Joe Krause here on a Saturday night. A gorgeous night, by the way, uh, in the Delaware Valley. When we come back after our commercial break, Councilman Sherelle Parker uh, will be along with us. And we'll have that conversation back in a moment. 1210 WPHT. I believe there's room, okay, for the national building trades, the local building trades that have partnerships with the Trump administration as it pertains to energy, as it pertains to infrastructure, as it pertains to the undocumented worker. Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor and Ryan Boyer here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness, serious doctors for serious injuries coming up tonight at 748, 749. Jim Jenkins will be along uh, to talk about my favorite holiday that's not a holiday that's coming up next week, which is Flag Day. Uh, so we'll talk to Jim Jenkins, Jay Doc, and that coming up. Uh, we'll have Jim right around 748, 749. Yeah, he's got a great, uh, great initiative. I want to congratulate uh, John Doherty. Uh, Pat Iding um, and, and the whole crew over at the uh, at the building trades for their unanimous re-election. Um, certainly uh, Wayne Miller, um, the, that's the board of directors over at the Philadelphia Building Trades on, on the unanimous um, re-election of, of their leadership. Fantastic job, and I want to congratulate them. And I'll take this moment to uh, thank Crafty Soul, because I could, you're, you're eating in between breaks, so I want to make sure the audience is well I resemble that remark, by the way. Doing that. So we thank Crafty Soul and Ryan Boyer for delivering. We welcome Sherry Tucker uh, into the studio tonight. So we have a guest watching and taking in and absorbing uh, all that Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor has to offer every Saturday here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And I want to take this time to give my good friend Butch Bennett from the Operating Engineers, a business agent of 542, a happy birthday. He's 56 today. And I'm actually missing his uh, cookout because I'm here with uh, with Friday, Saturday Night Labor. So, but you know, he said go to the job, do the job, get the message out. That's and right. That's what At least he's listening and he heard the shout out. So that's oh, good stuff. Yeah, but well, well, that's what you do. You, you got to leave the party. You got to give him a shout out. So absolutely. And we're going to bring on City Councilwoman Sherelle Parker, who uh, spearheaded some of this stuff with rebuild to get our parks, recreation centers and libraries fixed up. Sherelle, how are you? I'm doing well, and thank you all so much for having me. Sherelle, you should be in studio. This food is phenomenal. Sherelle, you're missing. I'm, I'm not a chance to eat, but, it's, but I know how the food tastes. So, oh, so Sherelle, we, we, we're talking about a little social issues today. How can this rebuild, the money that we're taking from the soda tax, uh, to, to rebuild parks, recreation centers, and libraries, how can that affect and change the lives of people that live in your district? Well, for me, um, I represent a district that uh, is often described as middle neighborhoods, and that is uh, neighborhoods that are right on the line, and with a little bit of an investment, they can grow and or they can decline. And the best way or the best tool for me regarding neighborhood stabilization has historically been employment. And uh, I am unapologetic about my advocacy and viewing this rebuild process and this investment in the building of our parks, rec centers, and libraries as a tool that can connect Philadelphians and particularly uh, African Americans and others of color into the building trades that will give them the opportunity to gain the skills, 
that will allow them to have a career versus an infusion of some short-term immediate cash that doesn't have retirement security and or health care following it. And so that has clearly uh, been my my view or the lens through which I view the rebuild process. And let me also be correct and just noting that the my, my vision regarding the diversification of the trades and using rebuild as a tool to systematically establish a process that will allow us to do so is not just in regards to government work. So we're talking about a $500 million project. This is extremely important, but I want you to compare the $500 million government project to the 11 to $12 billion if you count the last two years and the next three years worth of projections of private sector work. And I'm just talking about the West Philadelphia work that we've heard my colleague Councilwoman Janie Blackwell speaking along with Schoolkill. So it is, uh, for me, not just from a government perspective, but also private sector work and work that's going on in neighborhoods across the city. Well, you gave a very eloquent, a very eloquent speech at city council about the importance of working with the building trades because non-union uh, work doesn't provide the type of protections that the building trades does. And you happen to live with a tradesman, which is your husband, so I know you know firsthand that is a great thing. But, Sherelle, could you also talk about uh, some of the pressure that you took when you guys took that very tough vote on the soda tax so that we can fund these things. Well, listen, it, it, um, and I, I appreciate your acknowledging that it wasn't an easy vote. Whenever you hear that a particular sector and or industry uh, will be hurt and we could potentially lose jobs, for me, um, I was I was really most touched, not just by the job loss overall, but when I had uh, owners, business owners, supermarket owners like Jeff Brown, a shop right who's done a yeoman's job. The workers in his supermarket are union workers. Uh, they belong to Local 17. 76. And and so with that being said, it, it was tough, but you only have to I have a district. Let me just put it in perspective for the listening audience. I want you to imagine representing a community that's along Sheltonham Avenue, where one side of the street is Philadelphia and the other side is Montgomery County. And you have your young people who may have friends or relatives, and they go to visit a school or visit a a, a park or a rec center or a library there, and they look at the quality of the facilities that they see on the county side, and then they come over to the Philadelphia side and they say, why is my building crumbling? Why don't I have a modern facility with all of the things that I just saw across the street? Um, And there is no logical answer and or explanation that we can give except to try to find a process to make it work. And and that was uh, why uh, my vote uh, for for the tax uh, was cast in the affirmative. And again, not not a difficult thing, but look at pre-K in the number of slots. And I'm, I'm really fortunate that my district uh, fared well um, in in working to in, enhance the quality of pre-K slots that were there. So this was about young people. It was about the bricks and the mortars of, of the building of the new buildings, and, and that was great. But the employment opportunities for me and the ability to ensure that doing business was done so in a way that could be bundled that would allow smaller contractors to participate in the process. And that, too, is something that was uh, very important. 
uh, to me. So, look, let, let me just for the record give a big shout out to my, my city council president, Daryl Clark. Give a shout out to our mayor, uh, Jim Kenney, and, and, and to you guys over at the Building Trades, because this is not an easy process that we're going through. We're going to get it done, Sherelle. And, and, and Sherelle, let me just ask you, because, Jay Doc, um, how long do you think, you know, we just, I mean, relatively recently, the sort of tax pass, um, how long do you think before it starts to impact uh, the community in, in a major way? Oh, immediately now. Uh, I know, you know, obviously everyone knows that uh, we are waiting for uh, a sort of a response to the litigation that's currently taking place. But I was just at a pre-K center, an early learning center in my district this past week um, off of Roosevelt Boulevard in the Oxford Circle area. The number of slots that they have increased, and I had a chance to stay in the classrooms and uh, watch the, the toddlers from sort of birth through uh, to and then two to three, and then three to four, and four to five, where they're on their way to uh, to kindergarten. And, and I will I will tell you that I was very impressed that we were right here in the city of Philadelphia, and the quality of what was happening in those centers is what I was uh, uh, very impressed with uh, in Oxford Circle. So a huge shout out to those uh, young people uh, too. And let me just say again, this is not an easy thing that we're talking about. I want to be very forthright and know that historically we have had challenges across the board as it relates to talking about diversity and inclusion relative um, to the building trades. And there are several people who have said to me, uh, be very forthright, Sherelle, you're crazy to think that we will ever systemically have a process that will diversify the building trades. It will never be done. Building trades will never support it. Government will never be able to work to make it happen. And, uh, you know, again, you sit there and listen and you become the punching bag and you take it, but I've come from a place where I spent 10 years in Harrisburg, well, you where zealously I advocate. dominated by Republicans, and you had to sit down and get things done, and I'm confident and hopeful that with the leadership that I just described with our president and our mayor, along with the trades and my colleagues. And along with you, Sherelle, you've zealously advocated for your, your constituents for a very long time, and unfortunately, we got to go to break, and I, I really appreciate you calling, Sherelle. You know you you're my star on council. You work hard, you're prepared, and you always, always have the constituents of the Knife Councilmatic District before you make any decision. Thank you for coming on, Sherelle. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. That's Councilwoman Sherelle Parker joining us here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor and Ryan Boyer on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. I'm becoming out of step with them guys, okay? And I was a treasured a Democratic Party. You know, I've been a loyal Democrat my whole life. But I've told people, and it hasn't, like I told you, it just didn't resonate with this election. If you look at the last few years, I've been telling people we have to become a little bit more individual. We have to be more of our own brand. Mm-hmm. We have to do a better job of becoming a business. Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor and Ryan Boyer here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We take a moment uh, to shout out to John Doherty. And to his wife, we continue, Ryan, to send our blessings and our prayers on a daily basis uh, for John as uh, they work through uh, and hopefully find good health at the end of the day. Yeah, I was over there with him on Friday evening about 4.30. He's burning the midnight oil. Uh, I've always had a lot of respect for John, but it raised in 
immeasurably by the way that he's standing by his wife throughout trials and tribulations. He's at McGee round the clock. If you want to meet him, you know where to go. And he's there in her room by her bedside. And I was there, you know, with him and Celia on Friday. And, you know, he's just that's his life now. Absolutely. Thoughts and prayers to them, man. Unbelievable. Um, as we segue, I'm happy to bring on the program uh, Jim Jenkins. And Jim is the um, the founder of the uh, 10,000 American Flags Initiative and uh, happy to have him on. Jim, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Joe Doc, and Ryan Breuer and Joe Krause. It's great. It's Thank great. you for your work. Absolutely. I mean, first, tell us a little bit about what's going on right now with the 10,000 Flags Initiative. Well, two years ago, David Crane and I wrote a petition and we passed a resolution at City Council to get 10,000 American flags up and up and flying throughout the city of Philadelphia. And the Mayfair Civic Association has taken that, and in the petition it says to encourage others to put up a flag. Well, they put up 150 flags around the Mayfair Loop. And on Wednesday, June 14th at 7 o'clock, they're going to have a walk, and they're going to have a, a truck with American flags. They're going to sing the national anthem, face painting with American flags. And we're going to walk around the loop real leisurely, play a little patriotic music, and enjoy the flags that they are displaying beautifully up around the uh, Lincoln High School. Now, what is the um, the uh, the progress? Your goal was 10,000 flags. Where are we at about now? Well, right now we have 200, a little bit more, 210. And we have uh, Gerald Solomon, state representative. He's putting 30 up on Bustleton Avenue. We have somebody else putting another 30 on Frankfurt Avenue. Um, Frank Oliveri from Pat Stakes is looking at putting a flag on top of his building. Hopefully we'll get more encouragement by that and put them up on more businesses businesses in South Philadelphia. And um, people are just taking it and running with it. it it's really about community-based. You can't put up 10,000 American flags by yourself. Um, James Rupert is willing to go and help people put them up on their poles and show them how to do it because it takes a little bit of work. And um, we're, my job after I get the neighborhoods is really working on City Hall. There's eight flagpoles that are broken there. Um, that's taking a lot to get done. As you know, it's, it's very expensive to fix. And um, that will be my goal. But I'm helping James Fortbleep and David Crane's helping immensely, and as well as uh, Pat Stakes. Jim Jenkins joining us here on uh, Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Uh, as we look ahead to Flag Day, uh, Jim, on uh, June 14th, uh, also the Army's birthday, uh, and a very, very special day. And I join with you, as well as Jay Doc and certainly Ryan Boyer, uh, and continue to support uh, your push. And I strongly encourage... Uh, everyone that I see, Doc, and everyone that I talk to, um, to put up an American flag, um, not only in the city, but on their, but at their home and, and, and wherever they are, wherever they reside. Absolutely. And we, we really appreciate Jim Jenkins and, and what you're doing, Jim. Keep continued, uh, you know, working on this baby. We, you got our support. You've been on the program before and, uh, and keep up the good fight. It's an unbelievable cause. Thank you so much. All right. Good stuff from Jim Jenkins. Ryan Boyer now weighing in, Ryan. Uh, boy, it was a quick hour. Uh, I do want to give you a chance just to weigh in a little bit about what you absorbed here uh, tonight. We bounced around a little bit. Sherelle talked uh, about um, some of the benefits of the soda tax, um, but we started out with a very, very important topic from Josh Shapiro uh, weighing in on the opioid crisis, which is now front page, uh, in, not only in Philadelphia, but across the land. To me, it all goes to the core function of government. And that is to protect the people from other people. In this opioid crisis, we have to protect the people from drug dealers and unscrupulous pharmacies that are taking advantage of people in a state of weakness. 
and we have to do that, and that is a core function of government while I'm here on 1210 when we talk about the core function. And it's also about investment in government and that we need resources so that we can tackle some of these social issues, some of the issues of um, infrastructure, jobs, because a good job can tackle a lot of social issues, but when you have a physiological need for a drug, when it starts at a legal thing, I know some of my guys' back hurt construction, and they say they go to the doctor and they say my back hurt, and the doctor prescribes them a hundred Percocets. It's yeah, crazy, man. Why not just give them five to the back stop hurting? Not give them a hundred. So now he's hooked on Percocet. He loses his job because you can't work on Percocet. So it is a problem that we, you know, that we have smarter people than me working on, but I'm going to be doing everything that I can to try to help with this opioid crisis in the United States. Of America. All right, good stuff from Ryan. Good stuff from Ryan Boyer. J. Doc, I give you 30 seconds to no, win. I mean, just uh, well said, Ryan. Glad that we have leaders like you attacking this problem. And uh, certainly Josh Shapiro, that, that segment could have gone on forever. And certainly great to have Cheryl Parker on. And, and Jim Jenkins, a big a big uh, cause. And we're happy to have people fighting f- to put American flags up and not burn them. All right. Good stuff. Well done, Jay Doc. And well said. That's going to bring our show Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor and Ryan Boyer here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We come to a close. We're presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness, serious doctors for serious injuries. We're powered by Pond LaHockey Stern and Giordano, the workers' compensation firm. And we thank all of our listeners for tuning in and being a part of the big show. Uh, for Ryan Boyer, uh, for J-Doc, for Glenn Behind the Glass, stay tuned for the Dan Loney Show here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Joe Krause. We'll see you next time.